0: Hey, y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast brought to you by Hunt, Lift, Eat official. This is Perry coming at you from the Rendezvous, another live podcast. I'm super stoked about this episode. Playing host tonight, my co-host, Papa Stark. What's David, up? back in the saddle, man. Yeah, man. Night two, doing podcasts in the barn, yeah. live. It, it, it doesn't get any better than this. These are so much better. They just are. I'm
1: busting off on some... some- Nice stogies in the, in the tobacco barn. Hell yeah. It's just, you can't freaking beat it. It's
0: an awesome summer night. Yeah. And our guest of honor tonight, team member, Jack Rasmussen.
2: Rasmussen? Yes, sir.
0: Did Rasmussen. I mess it up? Yep. Nope, you got it. Super stoked to have you here, man. Appreciate the willingness to talk about this story. When I heard that one of the HLE team members drew the inaugural tag for one of these in Virginia Elk lotteries. I was like, "Holy shit, that is amazing!" Those were my same sentiments. <laughs> that's what I got to call <laughs> the same sentiment. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's it, what that's what we're here to talk about, man. So, for those of y'all that don't know, um, just I'll do a quick background Jack, and then I'm gonna turn it over to you because you, I'm sure you know a hell of a lot more than I do. But for for a lot of y'all that don't know, uh, a lot of your eastern states have had um, have had various uh, successful elk reintroductions um, in recent years, and so. Numerous eastern states are starting to get back into limited draws um, these lotteries and you know every state does a little bit different but for elk and so last year was the inaugural season for Virginia
2: and there were five tags is that right there were five that were um, lotteried out and then one for the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation uh, that they had a lottery to make a money maker, and they made five hundred and thirteen thousand dollars wow. for the elk program by raffling. There's a raffle for that tag. Yep.
1: Hell yeah! What was the what was the number of, of folks that that got in on that?
2: So what I know for the state of Virginia for the, the lottery was thirty one thousand. I don't know how many folks. Uh, for the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation put in for that tag, but I, I know that the number that they stated in the state of Virginia was like they got $513,000 for that. Man. Wow. Which Man, is great. That's cause
1: incredible. Well, be one of five of 31,000 just in the state alone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Man alive.
0: And so, you know, Virginia has this, Kentucky has an elk draw, Tennessee does, uh, Pennsylvania does, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, anything else i'm missing as far as the eastern states i don't think west virginia does yet not yet north carolina does not yet can't wait for that day (laughs) as an nc resident um south carolina georgia don't but you know all up and down the appalachians these these eastern states i mean a lot of people you know a lot of folks don't realize elk are supposed to be here they were here yeah and um you know market hunting a hundred and some odd years ago we kind of extirpated them from yes, this sir. this part of the world, yeah. and you know uh, the Rocky Mountain Elk Fand- Foundation and a whole host of others have done tremendous work to try to get them back in in this part of the world. Um, so, Jack, with that, tell us just a little bit about yourself. I know you've been on a couple episodes. Give us a uh, just give us a quick rundown and and uh, introduce us to
2: this this uh, this lottery process here in Virginia. Yeah, sure. I think I'm the. Oldest Hunt, Lift, Eat team member. <laughs> right. um, but because of, you know, what we do, Hunt, Lift, we eat well. Yep. So we saw us out here today running around, yep, all of us Getting after getting it. Getting after it. So try to keep young that way. Um, from Northern Virginia, currently from Wisconsin originally, live in Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, work for the federal government uh, up until July. I'm a contractor for the government, can't seem to get away. Yep. One one day I will. Um, Keep your own back in, huh? That's right. Just when I thought I was out. So uh we know that I, I got chosen for the lottery and I got a call from Jackie Rosenberger, who is the elk manager for the state of Virginia. Um just a a fiery young woman um who just gets after it uh for elk. I eventually, I uh, when I back and forth contact with Jackie, I was able to uh, set a date to come down to Southwest Virginia to to City of Grundy and to the County of Buchanan. Got to say that yep. correctly. It's Buchanan. Yeah, it ain't Buchanan. Nope, it's Buchanan. <laughs> they'll, they'll run you out if <laughs> you say it. They will correct you quick over there. That's right.
1: It's like Appalachia. <laughs> <saying> Appalachia. <laughs> Don't like you come around
2: here yeah. saying Appalachian. <laughs> yeah. You won't not be invited <laughs> you back. You
0: get put in
1: a hole somewhere.
2: Yeah. So uh, a week before the hunt, I I was able, I wanted to do it earlier, but just with everybody's schedule, I was able to come down a week prior and I was chosen as the, the second one chosen out of the lottery. So I got, I was for that first week and I was given area number two, which by the way had the elk cam. So I was, I was watching all these magnificent creatures for, for a couple months, just waiting. So I came down a week prior Guy got up with Jackie Rosenberger and, um, like I said, she is the elk manager for the state of Virginia. And then Tom Hampton, who is also a Virginia DWR employee who does the outreach to the locals to try to get hunter access into these lands. And this is important because for the whole elk hunt, they were able to get 20 local landowners to allow hunting on their property for the elk hunt, and that was upwards of 17,000 acres that were made available wow. for, for this elk hunt. So truly Tom Hampton and Jackie Rosenberger were, you know, punching above their weight yep. to,
0: to make that happen. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. That was actually one of my questions I had for you is, a lot of folks know that there's not, you know, it's not like we have a ton of public land in, in southwestern Virginia. And so I was curious how that worked. Were you confined or, you know, was there some sort of program? And it sounds like some, you know, some private landowners were willing to, to buy in, so to speak, and, and open up that access.
2: Yeah, they were, you know, because they're, um, you know, they're invested in it, too. Right. Know, these, these these magnificent creatures are walking around and, and you know, they want to help protect the resource, too. You know, they want to manage it and and hunting is a management tool that we, that we use. Um, And so it was, you know, it was, it was a testament. And then the, one of the, the local members of, from Grundy, uh, Leon Boyd, uh, talk about someone who's just totally engaged in getting the elk reintroduced and he's worked tirelessly and effortlessly, effortlessly to make sure that. This hunt was successful for everyone. I mean, he got trucks so they could help come out and retrieve the animals. They wanted to get live weight, so they got tractors and they, we, we kind of headquartered at uh, Southern Gap Adventure, Outdoor Adventure. Okay. Um, it's a big facility out there, there's a lot of side by side and four wheel tracks around here. And they had a barn there, which was kind of our headquarters. And that's where all the animals are brought for live weights. And that's where Jackie Rosenberger was, you know, eventually was going to be taking samples from these, from these elk. Um, So I came down the week prior and Tom and Leon and Jackie took me out to all six of the different areas that I could eventually hunt. The first weekend I was able to hunt myself just in that section too. And we got, to, I got pictures and I showed some of you folks, some of the just giant elk that were, that I was able to take some pictures of and to yep. see and, um, it was truly amazing. And there's a number of them that are radio, the, uh, those are radio collared, which comes into, into place later on. Cause Jackie actually put GPS units on all of us so we could see, you know, what happens. Are we pushing them out when we're hunting them? Right, you know, is is there is there any after effects from from shooting and taking an animal out and right. Um, and I was glad to carry that GPS around and, and and document exactly where I where where I was when I took the shot, but um, and no ill effects were found. Really, from from the hunts. Yep, so it didn't push them out. So I came down they showed me all the areas. Leon Boyd, he showed me that, you know, hey, we got ice here. We got a butcher set up for you guys get fortunate enough to, to take an animal. Everything from soups to nuts they had because they wanted it to be a successful hunt. Yep. A scientifically able to gather all the information that they could from these animals. Um, and so it was truly amazing at how much they, they set up to make this a successful and enjoyable hunt seems like the state was really invested in this hunt for u5 you know i mean
0: you, you spoke to the revenue that this is generating but for them it it's actually really encouraging for me that they would be that invested in having you know representatives folks you know knowledgeable about about the resource about this reintroduction effort and to make sure that you know u5 that were that were uh, successful in this lottery had every opportunity and and were well informed about this
2: this effort to bring out back to this part of the world and make, and make sure you had a, a positive experience. Yeah, they sent us lots of different paperwork, maps. I mean, they showed you all the different places you'd be going before you even got there, so you could put like Onyx maps or whatever you know system you used. You could download all those to your phone. Yep. Um, spotty communications there for cell phone, so you could get it offline before you went out. Um, yeah, they were. Very invested, and they wanted to make sure that it was successful so that they could, could keep it going. Because, you know, there's always anti-hunters that we have to deal with. Sure. Especially from my, my part of the state, yep. in Northern Virginia. Um, and so I think they wanted it to be a quality hunt for the hunters and a successful hunt for the state of Virginia. So they could collect the data needed to show that we can take animals out. It's not going to affect the overall health of the herd. It's going right. to only make it healthier. Right. And then they could take a look and see the data that they got. You know the different ages and you know the health of the animals that they were that were taken out. So, so kind of to, to roll a little bit more with that you mentioned earlier
1: that, that once you killed you bring them in and they're they're taking samples. You know what are they taking samples of and what, and what exactly are they looking for there?
2: So they're taking teeth. Um, you know, so they're aging uh, and. and like, like deer, we can age deer with teeth. I think right. that's the same way they do it with, with the elk. Uh, they took uh, a testicle. They took some liver. Um, they took some fluid samples. You know, they're trying to make sure that, the, A, the animal was healthy. Right. And then they wanted to to age it. And, you know, they found the youngest the youngest bull was three and a half years old all the way up to the oldest one, which was 11 and a half. Wow. And wow. The inter- interesting thing about that is the hunter didn't see it at first, but it had a small metal tag. Huh. And so, with that, they were able to, you know, not just with the teeth alone, but they were able to trace trace that back to when that that elk was brought here. Wow, wow. that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So, and then the animals range from six hundred ninety one to eight hundred fifty two pounds. Wow.
0: So, are the are the biologists um, are they pretty at least are
2: so far are they pretty happy with the with the health assessment of this population? Yeah, Jackie said that they all seemed really healthy, and yep. it was. If you if you think about it, from three and a half to eleven and a half year old bulls, that's that's quite a oh, just yeah. disparate number, and it's such a small sample. So it was really good. She got a lot of sample points, right? In that small amount of elk that were taken. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, so you were talking about, or, or well, you didn't talk about just this whole thing. You know, it was five tags, right? Yep. And what you said was five tags selected. Um, did they do that just based on the size of the herd? Did they do that based on just To kind of get this thing rolling to see how it was all going to play out. I think it was both.
2: I think they knew that what they estimate the herd to be and that, you know, that five plus the one that was lotteried to six total animals that they could, you know, ensure that they weren't going to harm the the, the herd, you know, that taking five out was going to be minimal, minimal effects.
1: Yeah, because it like, you know, we're... The draw hunt that they have in Oklahoma for elk, elk out in the Wichita mountain range. Um, it, the number kind of varies every year. Um, like For instance, the one that I went on with, with my brother-in-law, you know, it was that day, just that day. Now they do, uh, I think it's five or six hunts. Um, but just that, for that week, that day we were there, there were 64 hunters Wow, that day. But, you know, they're trying to take somewhere in the neighborhood of close to 300 elk out of that herd because it's 22,000 acres and they're trying to manage them in that 22,000-acre space. Right. And so, um, you know, I think that was kind of a smart play on their part too to just go five, let's see how this thing goes. Well, it was the first season too, you know. Exactly, yeah.
0: Well, and, and to your point about, you know, pushback from folks that, you know, The anti-hunting community folks that may may not be well as well informed there's this term called sustainable harvest right and so any any population of wild animals there's going to be you know recruitment and replacement and then you know there's going to be and that's the new ones that are born every year that come into the population and then you have your casualties right and so you take out the human element and there are animals regardless of what population we're talking about and regardless of where you are animals are going to die right they're going to suffer yeah. from predation you know winter kill all these things disease you know lack of lack of resources food on, on the landscape so there's this there's this term that um you know the management agencies use which is that sustainable harvest and that's how many you know animals you can take remove from that population without affecting the overall population dynamics that's going to re- get that recruitment and that replacement for the next year to keep it on that trajectory and in a situation like this where this is the first season in yeah. i mean what a hundred years yes that anyone has legally hunted yes, elk in exactly. the state of virginia i mean wow. you know it, it's the 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 last time that that someone shot an elk in virginia was you know might have predated the, the pittman robertson act and so I think it was very wise on the part of the state of DWR and all the other you know, players that were involved to set that bar low. One, it generates you know, a ton of interest and, because, and then for them to be so invested in the success of the hunters and have a 100% success rate. And it seems like from what I've, the little bit of research that I've done, that other states you know, have this same model. And I think that's very commendable to, to ensure that these hunters are, are successful and you know, I know now I'm going to put in for this tag every year until the day I die Yes. and if I never draw like that's fine and all it takes is once and you, you know you're a the testament trick- like it's, it's a true lottery anyone can win and you can
2: literally be part of history yes sir yes sir it, um, so to talk about the day when I came back a week later Came back on a Friday evening, just because work was was a little was a little. T- I started a new job, so I <laughs> didn't have a whole lot of leave time. Yep. So we came in on Friday night, met up with Jackie, got a GPS unit because she went. Like I said earlier, she wanted to see what effects there may or may not be with with harvesting an elk in in that particular location. And everybody, all the other hunters had a GPS unit. Um, I met up with a gentleman named Mike Roberts. He's a writer and photographer for Virginia, uh, wildlife magazine. And he asked if he could come with me and my, my buddy from work and, and follow us along to take some, some pictures. And he's been an elk guide before out West. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that, that would be okay. Um, so he met us the next morning, Saturday morning. We, we stayed down in, in Grundy at the, I think it's a choice hotel, but we stayed down there. Got up, you know, I couldn't sleep much that night, of course. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just, um, made sure, you know, before I went to bed, made sure I had everything ready. You know, prior to coming, I made sure I had all my gear all squared away. Talk, talk about your prep. I, I'm glad you touched yeah. on that. Talk about the prep that you did for this hunt. Um, so I had bought a, probably about six years ago, Kimber Mountain Ascent rifle. It's a real lightweight rifle in 308. mm Mm-hmm. So I took that out to a hundred yard range, uh, down in Manassas, Virginia, up where I live at least shooting sports, and I sighted it in to be two inches high at a hundred yards. Figured I wouldn't have to mess around with the scope a lot, and I could pretty much aim dead on in that, you know, and, and put put a three hundred eight round in the in the in the boiler room and get a kill shot from it. Sure. Because um, so I wanted to be be able to get quick onto the target. Just from the area I was at, you know, there wasn't, there was a lot of undulating hillsides and, and, and wood patches. So I knew I might have to get on it pretty quick. Yep. So then I, 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 I was using Norma, uh, 180 grain, uh, big game rounds, um, did a little research and, and found that, you know, they were, they were pretty good shooting, you know, pretty devastating too with, with their wound and maintain their, their, their weight when it mushroomed uh, through the animal. Um, I had got, you know, my set up, my, setup, my, my uh, binocular bag, got some binos, got a range finder, you know, those those basic things that, that you need. Yep. Of course, with all your accoutrement with knives and oh, yeah. water and your, your snacks, you got to have your snacks.
1: Yeah, <laughs> got to have <the> snacks, man. <laughs> That's a must. That's right. You <laughs> might hunt if you don't That's have snacks. I'm telling
2: you. Um, you know, just, and I, you know, I'd been watching what the weather was going to be. So I was prepped for, for anything and it was, it was going to be fairly moderate, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that cold. Yep. Um, yeah. what were the dates? What time of year was it? Uh, it was that, uh, first weekend in, in, about, in October, and it was actually the second weekend, but it was that it was the 8th of October it was the 8th to the 14th of October was the set dates for the hunt. Um, the 8th being that Saturday, I believe that's correct. So my buddy Jesse and I met up with Mike Roberts at the gate and we had the combo, he had the combo and we made our way up to the parking spot and it's probably about six, six fifteen. So we, in the dark, you know, red lens flashlights, got all of our stuff out, was real quiet and then made our way up to, um, up a gravel road to a hill. Which would start into that hunting area, and we just waited for, you know, a little bit of daylight to come up before we started moving in, because we didn't want to spook any of them off off a of bed. Sure. Yeah. And so we got up there, and it was actually kind of a of kind of a mist because of the you know the the weather transition there. So, um, took a little bit longer for the for the uh, um, sun to, to pop through. We started making our way around the. Um, there's these old fire towers and they had a, that's what they had the L camo, on. So I started making my way around it and then we saw some cows and we didn't want to spook them. So we came back around that tower, we started making our way down this gravel road. Cause I knew when I was there a week earlier, the herd bull was further back over uh, uh, a terrain feature. So I started making my way over there and out of my peripheral vision, I see this, bull coming across crossing uh, another gravel road that intersected with the one I was on moving towards a, a hill with a woodlot on it and I scoped him I could tell he was a six by six I turned to Mike I said how does it look Mike he goes that's a real nice that's a real nice bull he's not the herd bull but he's a real nice bull I said what do you think Mike you think I should take this one and because I had told Mike I was like look I know where the, the herd bull is. I know what he looks like. But if I see a nice six-by-six, six, I'm, I'm probably going to take it if it's nice because yep. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Four out of five, punch their tags, yeah. and one doesn't. When, when, when the good Lord put something in, in front of you, and, and, and he came in, at, he was about 150 yards. Yep. So I ranged him 150, and Mike said, yeah, he's pretty good. It's up to you. And right when he said, it's up to you, I, I, I pulled the trigger. <laughs> and, you know, I had a, I had a good hit. I could see where I hit. I, he he punched. He hunched up. Yep. He didn't run real fast, but he ran a little bit up the hill, about 20 yards. And then he turned around. And so I, you know, racked another round in, and I and I hit him again, even though he was starting to falter. Yep. I wanted to make it pretty quick. Oh, yeah. So I, I hit him again, and he fell right there. Wow. Hundred fifty yards away, and you know I'm looking at my watch, and it's seven thirty three in the morning. You know, <laughs> yes. I'm like, make quick work of that elk season. <laughs> That's amazing. So man. So, was
1: how far you know was your was your pack out from there to the truck?
2: So, here's the non-elk hunting part of this elk hunting story. <laughs> I I called um, Leon Boyd. A uh, local gentleman who was kind of re- arranging for everything. And they brought out, the, they had like three or four trucks that had winches on them. And they came out, and then because it was the first one taken. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so wow. nice. you were the first guy to pull a trigger. I, on, full, I, didn't, even, first, I didn't even
0: know that part of yeah. the story.
2: <laughs> so I was, Holy I was, God. so that's what I'm saying at 733. Yeah. Man. D- <laughs> so there'll always be a bigger one because there was a bigger oh. one that was shot, but they're in the, None of them will ever be the first the hit, first one. Wow, exactly.
0: that is amazing, Jack. That's also so,
2: incredible. So they call so the Game Wardens came out and they wanted to make a kind of a show of it. So the game oh, wardens yeah. came out, and they looked at our, you know, even everything's on your phone. I still print that out a copy of my sure. elk tag and the Wardens came out and then uh Leon Boyd came out with one of the trucks and some other folks and they winched that elk up because they wanted to actually get live weights of all these and that's why they went to great lengths to where we didn't have to butcher them up in the field because they wanted the you know the blood and the fluids and the guts and everything uh on the hoof to to see wow. what the weights were on these things yep. yeah
1: wow that's gnarly so they, they do stuff kind of kind of similar to that uh well relatively um, again, with, with what we did in witch Wichita, like the, the one we went on was a walk-in only type hunt, but the t- typical way that they've done them for years, cause they just started doing those walk-in onlys here the last few years <clears throat> was, uh, number one, you could only, you were like the person that drew the tag was the only person allowed to go afield. Hmm. And then once you killed, then you could go back and get, you'd go back, let them know you killed, you could go and get your partner, bring your partner out. And then your partner helps you haul it to the road, you know. You, you quarter it up, do whatever you need to do, haul it to the road, and then throw in a pickup and they take it back to whatever for you from there. Um, but they're not doing they're not doing the studies and all of that stuff. Yeah. I'm sure they did when they started doing this. I was gonna say,
0: how long have they been doing that hunt that you and Jacob went on? This? To
1: be on it. Well, the one that we did particularly, the walk in only, I think this that year was the third. Or fourth year that they had started doing that, okay. and it blew everybody's mind. And I was that we were telling about it because they've always been on that or heard about the other way that they did it. But the the other one, I, man, I don't know. It's been it's been quite a while because um, my father in law um, he drew out on it. You know, shoot. Well, my wife and I've been together for twenty years, so I think it's you know thirty plus, maybe even forty years ago. Gotcha. And so you know they've been, they've been doing it that way a while. They also do whitetail hunts and stuff in that area too, which is really cool.
0: Right. Yeah. So, but, do do you think? Um, did you get any insight as to how that process may change going forward, or is it going to be pretty much the same, the same protocol for what your hunt was for at least the foreseeable
2: future? I think for the first couple of years, they're probably going to want to take those samples, right? Because yeah. they really want the science behind it. Sure. And and, and I'm I'm a hundred percent for it. Like I said, I told Jackie, I said, look, I'm, I'm having a European mount because th- after they hoisted it up and then we did everything with the game one, we followed it back to Southern Gap Outdoor Adventure. Um, they had tracked her there with the, with the scale so they were able to get the live weight right away. Yep. Once we got that, Jackie um, took her samples. You know, Like I said, she was t- took a testicle, she took a tooth, she took uh, some liver, took fluids. Um, and then gets even better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, there was a guide from Kentucky that was going to be helping one of the hunters who wasn't able to make it on Saturday, but was going to come on Sunday. Um, I think he's from Pike, Kentucky, Pike County, which you know has those elk come move back and forth across oh, into yeah. the county. Um, he goes, "Hey, you want you want me to gut that for you?" I'm like, <laughs> 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 "Okay." <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. doubt. So, so here's a a non-Tuesday, Tuesday Tuesday tip. Yeah. I'm watching him and he, out of his little hunting bag, he pulls those, um, he had some rubber gauntlets, but they're, they're kind of like you use for farmers for, for birthing, Mm -hmm. but they're that real kind of thin plastic, like you see the Subway sandwich people when they're making a sandwich. And then he puts high end rubber gloves over his hands. So he's not getting the guts up on his sleeve because he's got that gauntlet up on wow. there. Right. And then he has the high-end rubber yeah. gloves like surgeons wear yeah. when he's doing all the, the dirty work that you need to have, you know, get your fingers in around all the All the, the, all guts the nasty and, bits. Yeah, all the yeah. nasty bits. But doesn't have to worry about lift rolling up his <laughs> sleeves or everything. <laughs> right. And man. I'm like, well, I there we that. go.
1: Yeah. No kidding.
2: He's like, yeah, go to Tractor Supply. Get a roll of 100 for a couple dollars.
0: Yep.
1: No kidding. Yeah, Doug like,
0: here on the on the freaking uh, <laughs> on the cattle farm we're on right now. Yeah, Doug, they, that's what they used. You know, like I said, checking the checking the cows and yeah. You know, huh. so
2: tractor supply you can get a couple hundred of them. Probably last year whole hunting career. Oh, no, for sure. R- roll a couple of them up with a, with some rubber gloves in your bag, and it weighs you know a couple ounces. Yeah, and yeah. If, if so, so was this your first elk? Yes, yes, sir. First, first, elk, hunt, first, first elk, elk
0: hunt. First elk hunt. First elk. Was it your first time ever like seeing one in person, close up? other than the 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 week prior you know seeing them on the hoof so so talk about that because like so my brother and i we did a evan drew an elk tag in idaho a couple years ago and we went out there with a buddy and he ended up killing an elk and he was like man you guys are going to be just blown away the first time you walk up with one of these critters because you know i've seen them from the from the road at you know a couple hundred yards away before but it's different when you're when you can touch that thing and, and smell it and and damn near taste it. So, I mean, what
2: was that like for... Well, yeah, you know, I, I grew up in Wisconsin, like I said, and so we have some pretty big-bodied deer because, you know, the more north you get, oh, yeah. typically you get bigger-bodied animals. So I'm used to seeing some pretty good-sized deer, you know, yeah. around 200 pounds. Sure. This thing's 761 <laughs> pounds. Monstrous. So it's over three times the size of a, of a large whitetail. Yeah. Right. It's a horse, dude. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And I'm looking at that thing when I shot it at first, and it's like... I didn't get buck fever, but shooting that thing, I was like, oh, my God. After the first time I hit it, it took me a second or two for, like, the realization that I just shot that thing, and then I hit it again. And then I, you know, I boogied across over there. Yeah. And I was just standing there looking at it. I, I, I was truly amazed. I mean, it, it, it was emotional. It truly was. the yeah. whole The whole thing, yeah. because if you think about – it's a double conservation success in that county because there's a lot of mining there, and <coughs> they have reclamated the surface mines, and now we've reintroduced elk. yep, yeah, so I mean I and, and when everybody would ask me about it I'm like, look i'm I'm happy I got that elk i'm I'm ecstatic. I'll never probably be that happy again. Shooting another animal. I mean, I'm always ecstatic when I get an animal, but I'm like, if you think about what it's taken, and 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 absolutely and the history to get to that first elk <laughs> yeah. on the ground. That's amazing. It it's it's it, it was it was emotional. I, I'll say I got choked up. I really did.
0: Yeah. I, I don't I don't blame you a bit. The gravity of that and the, and that's what you try to explain that feeling in the moment and especially. Like, Knowing the background of this hunt, like you said, for anyone that has any understanding of that area of Appalachia and, you know, what the, the things that have occurred there over the past hundred years and the efforts that have been made to do something as, as, as drastic as reintroducing, you know, an elk population where you can have that sustainable harvest and getting folks out there for the first time in decades and literally maybe a century or more. The gravity of that, I mean, how could you not get emotional about that? Yeah. But try to explain that to somebody that is not a hunter. It's like, they say, well, how can you shoot that animal? It's like, I love that animal so much. I love that that animal is back on this landscape and that place where it was supposed to be and the work that has been taken to put it back there for, for you to have yeah. that opportunity. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: Because you're looking at you're looking at too you're talking about reintroduction and all that, even still to this day with as much reintroduction work that's been done across the country, they're they're still they, elk still populate like less than fifteen percent of their their of natural their historic, range, their historic yeah. range. Yeah. Yep. It's 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 unreal. You know. And you may have said this earlier. What are they were these Rocky Mountains or are they so Roosevelts or so
2: some of them came over from Kentucky and then some of them were brought in from Wisconsin and all those trace back to Yellowstone okay you know so they're all they're all from the out west yeah. that have been brought back you know to the those two places and then that brought into
1: tr- wow Right on so yep.
2: i mean there there's you know history there too i mean uh, if you absolutely. think
1: about it, it's yeah 100% so Here's the real question after all the, you know, all the emotional stuff and everything else and let's let's get on to the next pillar is what's the first thing you ate out of it? <laughs> I was going to say what, what was the first what, was the, what did that
0: first bite of so, elk steak taste like, man? That had to be
2: amazing. So when you see the heart come out of this thing and it's as big as your head. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. I mean, you're it's a volleyball and and you're like you're used to holding a heart of a deer which is almost like a human size heart, like a fist yeah. and this thing is much the much bigger level than that. Yeah. Um, so we after we got it out, we they quickly took it to this butcher that was I forget the little town, but it was about half hour forty-five minutes away. It's probably closer as a curl flies, but you know these hills and sure. t- curves and turns. Great no and, straight shot. Yeah, nothing <laughs> nothing's a straight shot. So the butcher pulled those tenderloins out of the the back and I was like oh, yeah wow for like the length of your leg yes yep. yes and the ones out of the inside of the back that in, in, in wisconsin we would call them a sweetbread, bread All some people that's a kidney for us it's those loins that are in the along the spine and the the inside. oh yeah the sweet yeah. meat.
1: we always called them tender loins and in the mothers we call it use you know, back, back, yeah, back yeah back
2: strap yeah so that was that was what i first had was those inner <laughs> the <sweet laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for sure Oh, I bet yeah. that was the size of a whitetail backstrap. Yeah, butter and onions and man. Dude. Yeah, So I came back a couple weeks later and that butcher had, um, he took the steaks and he put them, he's got this tenderizer from like 1960, they just, it, you drop it through it and it punches, you know, like the little spikes through it and then he vacuum seals everything. So everything was like miniaturized and it was all hard, you know, he put it in the deep freezer and then I brought 40 pounds of dry ice and... Four of these big frig style coolers oh, yeah. with me, and then brought it back up and you know filled the whole deep freezer, whole chest freezer yep. full of elk. Yep, that's awesome. But Yeah, it was tasty. I mean, it's and some people go, "Well, how, how does it taste?" And I'm like, "It's it's a lighter tasting meat than 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 deer venison."
1: Yeah, yeah. I've I've tried it's milder. <laughs> I <laughs> I didn't really know how to how to put it to folks like for some reason to me and i don't know why um i kept telling them i was like dude i I," to me just because we just you know a little salt a little pepper maybe a little bit of butter and then that's how i hammered the the steaks that the ones that we had and uh i was like man it was almost like just the way the flavor of it it was almost like it was like it's a pre-seasoned animal Yep. You know what I mean, and I'm sure diet and everything plays yeah. a part into all of that kind of stuff. But just elk has just a whole different like, man, I don't even know how to I, like same like I just don't know how to explain that.
0: It's it's awesome. I mean, it's you can't ask for for oh, you know a, a better piece of nutritional
2: free range and organic <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's really <laughs> what, <I> mean <laughs> that's what it's all about. You know,
0: I I can't get over the fact that, that you're the first guy to to pull a trigger yeah. in the state of Virginia on elk man that. Yeah. That steak I, had to be that first bite. Yeah. yeah. man,
2: I'd, I'd probably get
0: emotional the first <laughs> time I ate it.
1: <laughs> Just praise Daniel Boone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there was
2: there was a gentleman there, a taxidermist. He's a master taxidermist. His name is Jarvey Robertson. Younger gentleman, um, fantastic artist. Hmm. He, he's won awards all around the United States and he's real well known. So I asked him if he would do a european mount for me yep um and then i had him i wanted the, the elk hide so i could have it tanned and i could put it on my bed as like a like a like a big bedspread. oh yeah and when he was fleshing the hide he found that round that had gone through him it, no it, it, it lodged in the far side fat in the in the skin on the far side no uh, kidding so he, he gave me that, and then the you know the ivories, you know the vestigial oh, yeah. tusks that are that, that elk have that are that are ivory. So I'm I plan on getting a ring made with with that tooth to be put in there, and then the round that I uh, the casing I'm going to have that cut off at the end and have that put in on the side of the of the ring. Man, that'll be a heck of a, a family heirloom yeah. Yeah. right there. Yeah, well you know I want to pay homage to this this creature. Right. I yeah. mean, absolutely. He gave his life to be the first elk. <laughs> Taken. Yep. And you know, I it's it's not it it's not something to be taken lightly. No. And that's why I did get emotional about it and that's why I wanted to treat that elk as it as it should be treated for, for giving its life, you know. Well yeah. and it's also that testament to all the work that has put in
0: behind putting that, that animal there in the first place. Yeah. All of the people and, and all of the, the ground road, you know, that have have been laid to put that there because that it didn't just happen by accident, you know what I mean? We don't have the opportunity to now, as as Virginia hunters, to put in for an elk lottery by happenstance. No, nope. it it took significant amounts of work to get there and to have those to have that you know that memorial
2: of that hunt. And if you think about the foresight of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and all the local folks and all the state folks to have these dinners every year. And, you know, the, you know, the raffle prizes to try to build up the coffers of money to make this happen. Yeah. There's not, there's not some benefactor out there. It's us buying tags, you know, Pittman Robertson. Yep. It's going to, you know, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation dinners and, and then, you know, trying to win raffle prizes. It's all the people that donate the raffle prizes. Yep. Th- that makes this happen. So I mean there were people going to these dinners years before there was ever going to be a, an elk <laughs> right, right. an elk season. Sure. Right.
1: And that's you know that kind of plays back into some of that you know people want to ask well how could you do this or how could you do that blah 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 like you know some of the things that they don't understand you know they don't realize the work that it takes to manage these things not and not just elk I mean it's it's all of our big game that we're, oh, yeah. we're able to, to partake in right um, and you know the amount of time that's spent, you know, behind the the scenes of of all these folks, you know, putting this work in. It's it's incredible, and you know us as hunters, going out and doing our part to to manage these things because you know the folks don't understand. They think, well, just go kill this pretty little animal, right? Yada yada yada. Well, what would you rather see? Would you rather see me shoot it and it, you know, get put to use? for me, my family, for whatever, for, you know, for the state? Yep. Or would you rather see somebody wax one of these dudes with a truck? You know what I mean? Exactly. Those, you know, it's something that it's, we've yet to really figure out a way to really, and I guess it's like anything else, you know, you can't make everybody understand or they're just not willing to listen and understand.
0: But But for those of us that, that have a little bit of, of the background history, you know, Evan and I were talking earlier today. We we ran up to to get the food for dinner tonight, and he was telling me about a hunt that he had over here on this on this farm on Doug's farm here for turkey season just this year. And I I was thinking as he was talking and telling me about this this uh, this turkey hunt that he was on, I remember our great uncle who grew up ten minutes from here on our other you know the the other family farm. Just, you know, just on the other side of town. And when he was out here, as a when, when his parents moved over here in the 1920s and as he grew up in Grayson County, southwestern Virginia, they didn't see whitetail deer. They didn't see turkeys. They sure as hell didn't see elk. Yeah. These things were already removed from the landscape. Yeah. By... The 1920s 100 years ago yeah it was i remember him telling us stories that they would get excited if they saw a doe a white-tailed doe it was that big of an anomaly it just did not happen yeah and so you think about how far we've progressed in 100 years to where here we are there's more turkeys around you know and turkeys are there's places where they're doing well there's other places where they're not but but at the end of the day Within a stone's throw of here, you can hunt turkeys, you can hunt whitetail, and here you have a guy. We're sitting next to a guy <laughs> that killed the first elk in southwestern Virginia, and it it, it really is a testament in to that. Freaking years, yep. Man. It it and what I would what I would just hope, folks that that don't that aren't hunters or you know may not have a little bit, just take a step back and try to understand that this did not happen by accident, right? No. And that you know these. The, the tags that we're applying for, the money that's funding these efforts, that is how this happened.
1: Well, if, and if it weren't for, for modern day hunters and everything that comes in with the North American model and all that stuff, like you wouldn't even be able to look at those things, you know, and show up, snap a picture of it, or, or marvel at how pretty all that stuff is, you know, because like you said, they're extirpated from the landscape. A few hundred years ago we're nearly we're just nearly wiped all the way out and, and it's folks like us that help bring all that stuff back to where it is now
2: we're the bigger, biggest conservationists out there yeah. yeah because we love the animals exactly
1: yeah. and you know you, you see that stuff you'll was it Steve Ranella talking to the to the vegan dude at one of his book signings or whatever and you know the guy's trying to give him the business about it's just isn't this just some sort of sick justification for murder or whatever? And Flat Tail's a dude. He's like, look, man. He said, I, I guarantee you, I love those animals more than you do, and I know for a fact that I know more about that animal. And on top of that, like, I love the uh, the individual deer, but I love the idea of deer more. Exactly. You know, anyway. and I love the
0: idea. That you can hunt elk in southwestern Virginia <laughs> again, and that we're sitting with the guy who just did it. And, and the fact that you're,
1: you're sitting with a legend right now, son, he's <laughs> gonna be a legend in 100 years.
0: My son may have a chance. I, I don't know if it'll happen. I don't, you know, who knows, but there is a chance out there that my son may have a chance to hunt elk on property that has been in our family. Yeah, yeah. In, in a place where. <laughs> I mean we talked about it with black bear. I mean the yeah. amount of black bear we've seen out here is just yeah. like that is so powerful and it, it means the world. I mean it's just
2: I love that. Yeah, that's not at all the realm of probability. Yeah. for that to happen for yeah, this, for that to expand down here. Yep. Yeah. It's it's good habitat for. It. Yeah. No, they were here. Yeah.
0: So, um, I hope I hope they get back someday.
2: I do. I do. I hope I hope, you know, many parts of the state and other states, I hope they enjoy the same thing that virginia is now enjoying and that kentucky enjoys and pennsylvania and wisconsin enjoy yeah, yeah. Yep. i hope the whole you know up and down the eastern seaboard we start seeing elk in these different states Yep.
1: man if everybody follows the model that that obviously that virginia's taken in and kentucky and, and all that i mean there's why no not reason why it couldn't exactly you know
0: what i mean what's next for you
2: i'm I'm still on that cloud, man. I tell you what i'm still on the, <laughs> yeah, no, blame you. you know every time I get to talk about it, it it brings me back, and that's yeah. why you know I start thinking about it again and i am I'm reliving it i'm I, that it's very it's it's an indelible mark on my brain it's yeah. it's it's you know on on that last day when I'm taking my last breath and I'm thinking through my family, this is gonna be one of those thoughts that crosses that, my mind as for I sure. as I head to the happy hunting ground is 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 marveling at being given the opportunity to have that, that day, that moment. Yep.
1: I couldn't, I couldn't imagine what it's like, you know, I know what it's like for me, you know, to kill a whitetail and sit down and, and have some reverence for that animal when you're, when you're about to eat it. Right. But, you know, being the dude that shot the first one (laughs) in a hundred frigging years or whatever it is like, and you sit down with that at that moment, you know, to show that, to that animal like holy shit
2: you still have some meat left oh yeah yeah oh
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> what was what so how much how much it, it was
2: about 160 pounds of meat it was Man, four four coolers i tell you what that's amazing but you know that that elk hides on my bed yep so every night i'm i'm, I'm underneath it and Every Dang once in you. a while, in the middle of the night, I roll over and my hand will drop on that <laughs> that hide, and Hell yeah. it Brings it all just, right yeah. Back. <laughs> <There you laughs> sometimes if I wake up, you know, yep. your wife so if, waking you up, you you're weeping <laughs> yeah, in your sleep yeah, yeah.
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> <laughs> are you uh, are you able to put in for the for the lottery now? Having not not for five drawn? years. For five years, so five that's years.
1: Great though, you have the ability to go back. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So,
2: but my son put in. You know. Yep. <clears> um. I probably should have put on on my daughters in, but you know, um, the one would cry probably because she's <laughs> hard. The other one's always playing hockey in the winter time, so I would, don't know if we would have got them out there. But but uh, yeah, it's so a five years uh, I can put in again. Yep. But you know, I'm uh, what I what I hunted. Of course, do I want somebody else to be out there hunting it to enjoy the same thing I? I got to enjoy in the state of Virginia. Y- yes, sir. Absolutely. 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 Everybody that, that gets this opportunity, I, 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 I can feel the joy for them. Yep. I'm you sure. Know, it's just, I, I want, I would like to see the look on each one of their faces and feel that moment again. Yep. You know, cause yeah. just, I knew how exciting it was. Have you spoken to or met any of the other guys that were, that hunted last year? No. So the, the state of Virginia sent some photographers and videographers out and we did the, Um, with the little video capture where I got to say, Hey, I'm Jack Rasmussen from Alexandria, and you know, good luck to you, you know, drawer number two for this year's lottery. Yep, and so that that went out as the day that they drew the live lottery. Nice. Um, and then I was contacted by Jackie Rosenberger, and she said, Hey, one of the there's a, a gentleman who got chosen who's near you. Would you be willing to, you know, talk to him? I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> whatever you need me to do. I'll I'll tell him everything I did for prep and, you know, what he should do and what I would do differently. Yeah, like, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's some more great stuff about just this community in general, the hunters. That well,
2: willingness I
1: mean, to. Yeah.
0: Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah, everything the state asked me, they're like, hey, can we put your name out there? Hey, you know, would you do the video? Hey, I'm like, yeah, I, I want this to be. As successful as you want it to be successful. Yeah. I don't want it to stop with me. I want it to, you know, shotgun into the future. I want this to be wide, and, you know, I want it to be – there's a point in the future where there's hundreds of people able to draw a tag for Elk in Virginia.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's great. How many – do you know how many they, uh, they released this year? Or was it was a – I want to say it was four, maybe. Four. It was, but it's right in that same area.
2: Yeah, I think it's four or five tags. that Yeah. I think it's a similar i think it's a similar amount i think they were were happy with what they had done so
0: well and you know you don't you don't want to overdo it start slow and it's going to be fascinating to see how this progresses into the future i mean yeah. i I'm, I'm the same way as you i i hope that i hope that at some point in my lifetime there there are hundreds of people out there having successful elk hunts in virginia um, i would love nothing more than that north carolina georgia South Carolina, Tennessee, all you know, yeah, up and down the Appalachians. Yes, sir. I want to see Oakback; it'd be amazing. There's no yes,
1: reason sir. why it can't
0: happen. No, you know. absolutely not. It's been awesome, Jack. Hit us with some
2: closing thoughts, man. I, it just you know, Hot lifty, It's a team of like-minded individuals. I've enjoyed this rendezvous like I haven't enjoyed something in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, coming here and, and finally meeting you folks face to face. Yep. It's been fantastic. Yep. Um, It's a great organization. Uh, Virginia has a great Department of Wildlife Resources. For sure. They've gone above and beyond to make sure that this elk hunt was successful. And I wish them nothing but the best and success for the state of Virginia and for all those hunters who are going to be going afield. I hope wish them a, a safe and successful hunt this year. Absolutely. Yep what you got david
1: man you know just appreciate you sitting down appreciate the story appreciate the passion behind it you know just sitting here and talking with us and, and appreciate you being a part of this team you know just like everybody else like you said this is something incredible that's brewing right down here in the in, on the river yep. <laughs> <laughs> in north carolina and virginia you know and it's great and uh I really enjoyed listening to you talk about it, you know. I could feel how much you enjoyed every bit of what you did just by listening to you talk. I could barely see you and I don't need to just <laughs> by listening to you, you know. And uh, yeah, man. <laughs> that's, that's all I got. I'm kind of I'm kind of in a space at yeah. the moment to be honest with you. This, <laughs> this is great.
0: Yeah, it fires me up to to hear when 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 I heard that that one of the team members drew this tag and then that you were successful, and then now, that not only were you successful, you were the first guy to <laughs> to pull that trigger in Virginia. That blows my mind, and 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 the fact that it was, you know, it was a it was a, a member of, of HLE. Um, it's it's a to hear the passion, like like David said here, when when you when you talk about this experience and what you're, you know, the <laughs> what you what you want to see in the future. For for the guys that are going to be successful sure. this
2: year drawing this tag, um, it's well, to, to talk about this team. Uh, Ian uh, Corona, mm-hmm. he and I were on a podcast earlier talking about you know under the ten poles, and when he found out that I got that elk tag, a couple weeks later there was an elk call in the mail from <laughs> from, <laughs> from Ian to me. Yeah, that's that's awesome. what this, that's what this team is about. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And then I got to meet him in person here, which is you know, man that just you know put the bone on top of that whole hunt well yeah. i mean
0: just just the the connections that we've made this weekend i mean i i would without without hle without this team i would have never met met you two guys i would have never met you know all of the guys down there yeah. having a good time right now while we're up here recording <laughs> yeah listening to these stories man doing these podcasts with with carter and, and and you the boys it's just been it's been so rewarding to me and um I hope folks out there listening understand that that it's like you said we're we're building something special here. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not the end of it. There's going to be more stories like you told tonight, Jack, and uh, and we're excited to see where it goes, Phyllis. I mean, this mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, we're we enjoy fitness, we enjoy nutrition, we enjoy watching these animals, we enjoy hunting them, we enjoy pursuing them and their native habitats and the places that they are supposed to be yeah we are appreciative of the work that has gone in um to these efforts the the north american model is something to behold and having these conversations it drives it home i'm excited to see what's in the future it's gonna be fucking fantastic
2: gentlemen thank you so much thanks so much jack oh, i appreciate
0: it bro. thank you guys as always um go check out Huntlift lift eat official um we appreciate the hell out of you guys and we will talk to you next week.